Hello everyone and welcome to the Business of Property podcast. I'm Stuart. And I'm Simon. We're both property people running our own businesses. This podcast is just us talking as we often do about anything and everything property. Today we had a brief chat about valuations and I felt that was an interesting conversation to have because, well I think it is because we get a number, when we're talking about valuations here we're talking about estate agent valuations first because there are a number of other valuation types and given one of your goals this year is to sell at least one property to fund further purchasing you're looking to market your a property yep and you've had valuations and i was literally dumbfounded by the the range of valuations so maybe you could just share with the audience about what we just talked about uh, yeah, the, the, the valuations have, so we've only got two so far, but the valuations have a £150,000 between them. Amazing. So um, there's there's a little bit of variety between those two agents that we've <laughs> talked to. <laughs> um, now, what, one of the agents uh, does know the property better than the other one. Um, unfortunately, that's the one coming in at the lower valuation. But um, That makes sense. I'd be surprised if it was the higher. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we... We were expecting um, a valuation, or expecting, hoping for a valuation about fifty thousand or so more than the the bottom one that came in. Um, but uh, obviously, the the one that's then a further hundred thousand above that was uh, was uh, well, well, it would be very nice if it happened. But um, mm. I, I feel it may be a little optimistic. <laughs> but this is the perennial issue, isn't it? Because you you know you don't want to bucket all the estate agents together and they're you know I've worked with some very good ones recently actually but you know to to range a, a property at 150,000 greater than someone else might have you have you considered getting a third uh, we may well do that um, in in the defense of the of the agents uh, you won't catch me doing this very often but <laughs> uh, it is a very difficult property to, to value I think because it's it's a it's a completely unique property on the street there there are no other properties like it it's a detached house on a street of terrace um, houses Uh, it's a a significantly larger plot than anything else on the street Um, so that you're not going to walk down the road and find some comparables (laughs) Mm. Um, so it it, it is a difficult uh, valuation task but uh, but yeah as you say it's it's, it's a a big range and um, the the higher valuation may come down once they've um, had a better look at the property. Um, that that valuation was given before they'd actually seen inside the property, so uh, that that's obviously something we need to arrange. So it's difficult because there's, there's tenants in there, but uh, but once they've they've done that, they may well bring down the valuation. But we'll see. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it sounds very much like a company. It sounds to me like a company that hasn't got much stock at the moment. And that's a big fishing exercise. So it's a difficult property to evaluate, but how have you done that? Well, we sort of just picked a number out of the sky that <laughs> felt nice. Same with all of us, yeah. <laughs> or, or the number we really wanted. <laughs> yeah. Um, we Some years ago, uh, we had somebody who was uh, potentially interested in, in purchasing it from us. Um, so our, our valuation is sort of connected to that, right? Um, but it was even that discussion was uh, was only very early stage discussions, so we didn't get into real details. And of course, that that number could have 
uh, could have varied once they mm. really started talking to us about possibilities and, and things got serious. So, so it's always hard to hard to tell uh, in, in early stage discussions. Yeah. And the reason it was an interesting subject to me is because I put a property on the market in October of last year. Mm. And the truth is, and estate agents put your hands over your ears, I, I had kind of in my head already decided which estate agent I was going to use, but obviously wanted to get get multiple views of you know what property is worth. So, like, and I think most of us do, don't we? Whether we're even with we're selling our own home versus a, a an investment property, we've all got an idea of what we think it's worth based on what we know, you know, for for better or for worse. And in my head, you know, I had the valuation of this property down at around the three. I think three fifteen to three two five. If I was being really honest with myself, I thought that's about the the range. Yeah. That's pretty specific. Well, it's because it's a it's an HMO property because you're working with generally multiples of the rental income. You can be a little bit more precise, I think, around the valuation. Fair you know, but it depends. Bricks and mortar can also come up similar, but. So I had the estate agent come in that I, I was pretty sure I was going to pick. They said, you know, 325, which was pretty much about bang on because of, well, okay, you market for 325. You, if you're lucky, you get 315, then that's about right. Yeah. And then the other one just came in at between 385 and 400, which based on the current market as it was then, probably still now, I just knew just, just wasn't feasible. And that's why it's an interesting subject to me because I think there's still – and I'm not suggesting they will do this, but I think there's probably an inherent thing in estate agency where they believe that most customers want the highest price for the property, because of course we do. But I know that people like you and I, you know, we, we want our ego massaged, but we also, you know, we want we want realistic. You know, if, if yeah. the market's actually 15, 20% lower than what I think it's worth, then just tell me that. And I'd rather hear that than somebody say, you know, so when they actually followed up with me, the the second agent, and said, "We'd be marketing with this." I just, I just again gave them the true feedback. I said, "Look, I just feel that your market valuation was way out." And they said, "Well, obviously we can correct that." And you know, my view was obviously, "Well, that that horse has bolted," mm-hmm. because it's happened so many times. And I'm sure for all of us, whether investors or not, where you've had a valuation at X price. And, and, it, and it happened to me. And then two weeks later, they said, oh, we just need to revise the price down. And I said, but what, how has the market changed that much in two weeks? It hasn't. All this changed is you, you've given a number which sounded really appealing because I'd love to have that money in my bank to two weeks later go, right, we just need to now down value it to something which is more reasonable. Yeah. I mean, it's the, the classic estate agent marketing, isn't it? Give, give you a nice, nice shiny big number um, to, to make you think that, uh, yeah. that they'll... That'll be the best person to, to sell it for you and, and achieve that big number. Yeah, yeah. but uh, but often the priority is not necessarily a, a biggest number; it's a, a fastest number. Or <laughs> well, it's uh, close to market, somewhere. and we will then take our choice, won't we? So, if someone said to me, "Well, the market's saying that your property Stuart, is worth three fifteen, I'd say, "Okay, if that's what you really think it is, I just want to market that three two five because ultimately we are the arbiters of that price. It's what we want to sell it for." 
And then at least then the agent can turn around in three, four weeks time and say, okay, Stuart, do you, do you now want to try the right price, which is what I gave you at the start? <laughs> yeah. And yeah. that's fine. And, you know, I'm sure it's such a difficult thing dealing with customers. But my precursor to all of this with estate agents is usually, you know, what do you think a realistic uh, guide price is? And that's why I get frustrated because I, I deliberately ask that question because, I, you know, I like, you know, and depending on our situations, if we want a quick sale versus a, if I'm happy to leave it on the market six months, which, which personally I never would be, but if I were, then okay, I'll put an extra 5% on what we think it's worth. But most of us want those properties gone fairly rapidly, knowing that the conveyancing process is going to last three to four months plus the sales cycle. So Yeah, exactly. I mean, we, we, we put properties on the market to sell them, not not to just have them sat there listed for <laughs> yeah. for months. Yeah. So I, I, think, I think it's important to choose... Um, a, a good starting price because if you if you get that wrong, um, I think often you'll you'll miss a lot of people who might consider it mm. because once they they exactly. see it, come on, it's too high, they dismiss it, um, and yes, they, they might see it again later when it's it's been the price is being dropped, but that then conjures up other thoughts and sort of well, why is the price being dropped? What's wrong mm. with it? And and might might still put people off. So I I think it is important to at least be within the bounds of realism um, from the start with yeah, and, listing property. And that's the other point that I was thinking about is that, you know, so for me, I've taken mine off the market because mm. we went on mid what, what, what did you actually list it for? What do you mean? Well, you, you had different valuations. What, what level did you actually list it at? Oh, I went to the, you know, I went to the reasonable valuation from the estate agent that I kind of knew was going to put up. Mm-hmm. And just to caveat that, the estate agent I went with, they are more aligned to HMO properties. So I've seen them. So the funny thing is, and you're, this, this may make you laugh, but I would never buy from this company. I would only <laughs> sell from them. And that actually is a, is a compliment to them because they sell properties at what I believe is a good price for the vendor for HMO properties. So as an investor, when I look at their property, as soon as I see it's this estate agent, I I just scroll on Mm -hmm. because I know they're going to for the maximum amount that they probably can, which is obviously great from a selling perspective. Exactly, yeah. So I wouldn't ever buy from them, but they were the first company I called to sell from. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I then, to answer your question, marketed pretty much at what they suggested because I agreed with it, Mm -hmm. but I would take their their market view. But similarly to you, you know, I'm, I'm going into the market quite a lot just to see what's happening because that's where my portfolio is. But the, the, the point I was just going to say, what you talked about, is that you know I went on in October, which was actually a bad time to be fair. But I, you know, yeah. it was a pun. <laughs> in hindsight, <laughs> yeah, it, but it was a pun. I, I well, I didn't, I didn't need hindsight. I knew it was a bad time, but I thought, well, let's have a pun <laughs> just in case there are any buyers in the market pre-Christmas. But it's it's a big property. It's a very big property. It's it's a significant investment for somebody. Um, so I, and I always knew I was going to kind of take it off pre-Christmas uh, anyway. But the point you just made, which is absolutely, you know, another key factor in it, which is if it goes on at the right price, let's just say you get sucked in by the estate agent and they give you, they give you all of the information and the rationale as to why you should market at their price, which you may or may not know is an inflated one. And then that goes on the market for a month. Then you reset the price and it's on for another month. Then maybe you drop it again to get more viewings. By then, you've been on the market for three months. Now, people like you and I are asking the question, I wonder why that's been on so long. I wonder what's wrong with that. Yep, exactly, yeah. And the first point was, you know, again, 
well, buyers in the market, if it's at the wrong price, are just going to scroll by for that first month. So you've, you've missed your sales if you wanted a quick sale. Yeah. And that's why I think it's so, some of it can be so frustrating. And I'm sure it's as frustrating for a state agent as it is for us as investors and buyers and sellers. So how did you come up with your valuation for that, that property? So mine was a really simple one based on rental income and then using a multiplier on that rental income. Did, did you look at other um, properties in the area at all to, to see whether it was reasonable against others or yeah, was it definitely. really just um, sort of um, rental income multiplier? No, it's, 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 a, it's, a, you know, it's a factor of all of those things. As, as you know, this particular property is essential as you're ever going to get. So it commands a bit more of a premium. Mm. It's It's got all of the things that... So this property would sell to an investor. It's not a... Um, and, and not someone that's new to investing. So, you know, it's got all of the um, planning permissions. It's got the uh, HMO licensing. It's actually rented of the rooms that we've got available. You know, 75% are already uh, booked in from... September, this September, mm-hmm. 2020. So, you know, all of that factors in. It's very central. It's near where it, where it needs to be. So, I, so I'll look at all of that. I mean, I was just thinking for your property, which is very difficult, there's something I would do in my own sort of life when I'm you know, perhaps doing data strategy or other analytics is finding another area very similar in terms of demographics. As, have you thought about doing that, perhaps? Uh, no. Basically, um, uh, I think you could be right there. It, it, it could be an approach. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what depth you'd go to for that, though. It's, I mean, so many factors go into to making up um, sort of the, the the price of an area. Say um, how close it is to um, to the centre of town, mm. how close it is to public transport, um, uh, how close it is to flood risk areas. Um, and then, of course, the, the size of the property, the type of the property, the, the kind of maintenance you might expect, what the neighbours are like. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I think you'd be hard pressed to, to try to find another area to replicate. But the truth is, the market will determine it. Without trying to sound overly simplistic, we could sit here and talk about valuations as we could with estate agents. And we could all agree, we could sit around this table and, and we wouldn't. I mean, if there's three people in the room, we'd probably all have a different view. But if, if by, by miracle, we all agreed and said, yeah, 675,000, that's the price. It doesn't matter because ultimately the market will decide at whatever stage the market's in. Of course. Yeah. Um, assuming it does actually sell. Um, if, if it doesn't sell, then the, uh, the market is, is silent. <laughs> but, well, that's the point is that it will always sell at the right price. If it hasn't sold, it's not the right price. Yep, indeed. For the market at that time. Yep. Yeah. So even for me, I could have lopped fifty thousand off my property in November, and I'm quite quite sure I would have had interest and I would have sold it. Did Did you get viewings? We We had a handful. We had a handful of viewings. any offers. Tire kickers. We had one offer which was so derisible. <laughs> I w- I didn't even give it a response. I just said to the estate agent. Don't even talk to me about that offer. It's it's it was stupid. Mm-hmm. So it was someone that just thought their chance are on in November pre Brexit, and you know, as someone that's not what we would class a motivated seller, as in I wanted to sell it, but I'm not desperate. 
then yeah. there's no way I was going to entertain it. It was, uh, I'm thinking, people, if you're listening, I'm just thinking. It <laughs> it's was, okay, I'll cut this bit out, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's fine. I, I, it was 20% below the asking price. And that's, that's a big chunk, especially when you think you priced it realistically to start with. Yeah, uh, that's, yeah that's exactly. Big, big drop. And yeah. if you're buying a property that's it's, it's it's 100% occupied. We're talking about multi-let room, uh, multi-let property, mm-hmm. 100% occupied. It's already got bookings for the following year. It's in a great area. It's, it's a huge property. It's it's four stories. It's got, a, I was going to say it's got a gym, but it's got a room with a gym equipment in it. Mm-hmm. It's got another space. You know, so it's a big property. So then to come along and just say, yeah, we'll offer you 60 grand. I was like, yeah, thanks, but no thanks. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> 60 grand less is a, is a, lot of a difference <laughs> yeah so we've, so I mean you know I think it just goes to show when we talk about evaluation there's a lot there and mm-hmm. you know, what we haven't been talked about which is something I've done previously as well is get Rick's you know Royal Institute, Institute mm-hmm. of Chartered Surveyors valuations as well to support at, well refinancing actually from my point of view but that's you know something yeah. else that could be done with any property if you really want to so I was going to say um, slightly uh, uh, more random-ish than or permanent. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, have you looked at the the Zoopla valuations? I've seen a lot of people saying that they uh, they they do use those at least as a guide, but also that they they fluctuate a lot. Um, yeah. Presumably, the sort of technology behind them is a is not as um, consistent as perhaps it could be. Yeah, so I used the, I used the, those tools, and, and there's probably a, a good episode in there to talk about this. And obviously, Patma can support with this son. <laughs> I, I am, as it, as it would happen, uh, <laughs> work, working on um, uh, elements of Patma that will will provide uh, valuations. Yeah, uh, both both for sale and for rent, but they're they're going to be some way off before they're they're released. So so for me, I think if you're ref well, when I'm refinancing, if I'm thinking about it. The, the, the comparables always come from properties sold. Mm-hmm. So no bank's going to lend you on what Zoopla says, what what, um, what any other forecaster says. You you say that. Last time I uh, last time I remortgaged my my own home, my property that I live in, um, uh, it, that that's exactly what they did. So it's, it's mortgaged with the Halifax, um, and they they said. What, what's the property worth? Um, and I said, well, Zoopla says it's worth this. I said, okay. Um, and because it's uh, an interest-only mortgage, which you can't get these days, but yeah. for, for legacy reasons it is, um, they said, how are you going to repay this? So I said, well, I'm going to sell some of my, my investment properties. Um, and I said, how much are they worth? I said, well, Zoopla says they're worth this and this. I said, okay. Yeah. And they, they just accepted them. They, they yeah. didn't query them. They didn't... <laughs> it, it, it passed through their underwriting checks and, and everything. No problem. So, well, I think that's <laughs> obviously we don't know, but I think that's probably less about the Zoopla valuation than it is about them just having a number. Clearly, they just needed numbers. You could be right, <laughs> and yeah, they were happy with the number. I think if they were unhappy with the number, my experience, particularly with investment properties, specifically with investment properties, is they will always look for comparables sold comparables and whenever I've had to do my own background on this and I've done it a couple of times and, it, and of course lender by lender will vary so it could, you know Halifax 
I know have been quite flexible in the past for me as well. But when it comes to, so I use Kent Reliance, part of one savings bank. If, if there's no, I think it was two years, you know, so I found a comparable with three years, they, they just wouldn't accept it. Mm-hmm. And I've had downgrades on valuations. Even, so if a, if a, if a valuation is lower than, than I want, you know, once I put a case together and put it back, the light of it is, is 90% plus, you will fail. There is also opportunity where, again, you get um, specific valuation. So, like, I'll use a Rick Surveyor, and that's worked in the past. But for the banks that I've used, they will only ever base it on sold. And that, that mm-hmm. might just be HMO market. It could it could well be. And, of course, now, you know, we go back to the stress testing and everything else and on top of that if you're buying rental properties. But to, just to answer the question, when I look, to be honest, I find Zoopla, the range, too wide. So, for me, it's not specific yeah. enough. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I, I wouldn't use it for actually valuing something that I was thinking of buying. I, I actually don't use it anymore, is the truth. I use, to be honest, I use Rightmove now, which I never thought I would. I just look at, because it's just sold house prices. Yep. I do use Zoopla just to double check, because it's really, really weird. Sometimes a house sale will appear on Rightmove sold, but it won't be on Zoopla, or could be the other way around. Mm. so again if you're looking at comparables that's quite good just to double check both because I don't know why you know maybe there's just a quicker data feed into one of the uh, to right move for land registry anyway I don't know it's probably just one of those data uh, latency things but I've also don't use it that much anymore actually but I used to use mouse price quite a lot yep I don't know you know it seemed very similar to although their valuations were very different to Zoopla oh interesting they seemed more there seemed to be more science behind it, whereas Zoopla, I don't know whether they just take the area. You know, so say if you were using an RH1 and they'd say, well, in the last five years, price property price has grown 7.5%. They then just apply that to the, the this or their time and the mm-hmm. sold price, if that makes sense. Sort of. Yeah. Having done some, uh, or having spent some time looking into house prices and sort of how they... Um, split down by area. So, for example, um, trying to do that in RH1, which is, because it's local, it's often my sort of test space. Um, you, you, you look at the sold properties each month, and I don't might be 50 properties or something. Mm. But you take the, the average or even a median of that, and they fluctuate a lot every month. So, uh, as in the, the swing from month to month might be 100,000. Yeah, um, and it's just because of the type of properties that happen to sell that month. I was going to say it's really, really difficult to actually um, work out the trends b- between these. I think, especially on, on such small areas. I, I think that's a really good tip, and I, I was thinking about that as you talked about. It. So, invariably now, if I'm looking at it, I will always filter by property type. So, if I'm looking at whether that's a right move sold prices or Zoopla sold prices, I will have a look at buy detached or terrace because what you've got to factor in is, you know, your example of this area, well, I know because, you know, we both lived in similar areas. Mm. You might look at growth of whatever percent, but there could be a block of flats in the same area as four bed houses. And that's, you know, that's going to just make a mockery of any sort of planning you do. So... Yeah, yeah, quite. It, it, it does matter. Mm. And, uh, and quite often looking at averages don't, Average out enough <laughs> across the only, these things. The only time I use averages actually is if I'm doing some work with investors, and 
you know, we've spilled on, we've spilled into a number of subjects here, mm-hmm. but is is I'll look at you know average, as we often do, <laughs> as we often do, uh, we'll look at average sold prices and then say, okay, well, if if the average in this area is it's increased by ten percent in five years, then I'll just you know factor that into. Yeah, I, I think when you when you're looking at um, an average across either a wide area or a wide amount of time, then I think you can you get away with it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, but trying to sort of look at a single postcode um, or a single outcode, postal sector, outcode, whatever the first three bits. Um, yeah, postal sector. Um, uh, within months, then then I think both both those two dimensions are just too small to really get decent yeah. trends out of it. It's, uh, it's well, we've, we've both got data backgrounds, and we know the you know what happens when you're using a small data set. It's it's. Um, Yep. it's variable and it's it can it can be it can fluctuate wildly. That's why yeah, ends up very more, more data is better. Yeah, definitely. Um, we're we're nearly out of time, um, but I thought uh, uh, just before we we finish up, uh, you had a a final element of a of a test, I think, um, recently uh, for your after school. Uh, footballing activities. How did that go? Did 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 you did you win? Are you qualified? Yeah. <laughs> the FA tutor didn't turn up on the day. Oh it, no! It was a very bad weather day, <laughs> and so we've rearranged. So a member of the football association will be back to see my training in a couple of weeks. But I don't know. Thanks oh, for asking. <laughs> oh no. Okay. How, yeah. how how disappointing that we don't don't have a conclusion there to finish on. <laughs> um, oh, we'll have to save that one. We for, just need some like East Ender type drum sure. for the next episode. <laughs> yes. Great. Will he pass his <laughs> FA level two? <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, uh, you can find show notes uh, at thebusinessofproperty.com. <laughs>